Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 11 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode as we're diving into something that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet, but it is something that will really make or break your business. And it's something that I really like and appreciate now as a former product business owner, and that is self-care and (laughs) self-care and how that really translates into the success of your business. And it's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of floss over, like they focus on growing their business and focusing on marketing and sales and getting more customers and all these things that are related to your business. But you forget that if you're you, the person behind your business are not doing well and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not implementing self-care practices that your business is going to suffer. And that's something that I personally highly resonate with, again, as a former product business owner. So I'm really happy to talk about this because, again, I think it's something that a lot of us maybe know that we need to focus on, but we just don't focus on it at all. And that's myself included. So Today, I am so excited to have Lindsay Burns. She's going to be talking about why taking care of your own well-being is an important key to your business success as an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, how to create more time in your days so you can create a bigger impact for your business, and lastly, why habits and systems are vital to the ability to create impact in your business. And not only that is how to create those habits and systems, but how do you make them last for your business? And a little bit about Lindsay. Lindsay is a behavior change specialist who works with women balancing their career and motherhood. Such a great thing. She has a master's degree in behavior change psychology. She has a bachelor of education and her research on well-being and motivation has been published internationally. Lindsay is super passionate about helping women stop martyring themselves and achieve the excellence they know they are capable of. She helps women to focus their time and energy on the things that truly impact their well-being, their ability to parent, and their career so they can create a life they truly enjoy. Lindsay is dropping some major bombshells today, and I am so thrilled to have her on the episode today. All right, let's get started. Super excited to have you here, Lindsay. And for those of you who don't know, um, me and Lindsay are in a group mastermind together. It is the... Empowered CEO Mastermind, and it's with the amazing Letitia and uh, Lindsay and I met in there. Although I think we had been chatting on Instagram before that. I believe you bought one of my courses, my Pinterest course. I think yes, your Pinterest course. Yay! Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. And 
let's just dive into all the amazing self-care mindset mompreneur tips that you're going to give us today. So I'm super excited, but thank you so much for being here. Um, just to get started, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, your background and, um, what types of services or things you're offering, um, these days. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Carrie. This is super exciting. You're doing so well with your podcast. Um, (laughs) so in terms of my background, I've kind of dabbled in a few different things. So I have a undergraduate degree in psychology and then did my master's in behavior psychology and then did a bit of a pivot into teaching. So I am an elementary teacher here. Um, I live in Ontario, Canada, and I was off on maternity leave with my second child. And um, we talk about this all the time in Canada, we have a wonderful maternity leave policy. So we get 12 months, which is so great. But it's also a lot of time to just be home, um, especially during a pandemic where you can't go anywhere with your baby. So I then got the brilliant idea that I would just start a new business during that time and kind of combine all my passions together. So what I do is I work with women who are balancing motherhood and career and help them to do that um, and just kind of get past all the guilt and all the societal expectations. My big thing is women often think like they're failing because they're not doing enough. And more often than not, they are just doing way too much and they're spread way too thin and can't have the impact they want in their business or at home in their relationships with their their partner, their children, all those important people. So it's Mm -hmm. working on focusing that time and energy into the important things, uh, which takes a little bit of effort sometimes to pull back what is actually important to somebody and not just what we've been told is important. Mm -hmm. That's where that's what I'm really passionate about. I think women should be able to have a career and work and not feel guilty and still be amazing moms. So I'm just there helping them to do that. And in terms of services, I offer um, a 90 minute intensive that focuses more on time management skills and fitting everything in in an effective way. And I have just launched my signature program, which is a three month coaching program, working one on one with women to take them from that overwhelmed mom trying to, you know, make an impact in their career and their business and still be that mom they want to be. And we take them through a process. And by the end, they're able to live life on their own terms, live a life that feels right to them without being overwhelmed all the time. That's a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how you use the word um, guilt. I don't know if you said guilty or guilt, but I think that um, that's a really relevant word. And I think a word that really resonates definitely with me, but I think with any of, you know, any of the listeners or really any female entrepreneur that does have kids, especially young kids, I think um, the word guilt and the word balance, again, these things resonate with me. Uh, Something I personally struggle with big time. And I know that I've chatted with you on Instagram many times about balance, but I think um, it's such a hard thing to feel like you can actually navigate. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know how anyone can balance the two. I think I really need to spend time learning from you. And I think anyone listening can really learn a lot of cool things from you today. But um, I guess when it comes to balance, um, how, I don't know, I the word is striking me right now, but like, what can you say more about balance? And in terms of, you know, you were talking about how a lot of stuff that we do, it's because society is telling us to do it, not that we should be doing it. If you want to kind of elaborate on any of that, I think it's something that's really interesting. For sure. And balance is an interesting word. And I always get a little pushback on it. Uh, And I don't have a better term. 
Um, and I think the pushback usually comes from people thinking like, well, it has to be completely even and equal each day mm-hmm. to them. That's balance. And I think of more of like, you know, the teeter totter at the park where it's always in motion and you're going up and down, up and down on either side. Um, I think when you're balancing something, like as long as you're not stuck on the ground for an extended period of time, you are balancing it and it's going to look different every day. And I don't like to look at it as a day by day thing. I like to look at it longer term than that. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have seasons where your family is demanding the majority of your time. And I mean, things come up, people have medical issues, that kind of thing. And you're going to have seasons in your work that you that are just really busy seasons, and you have to go hard. And I don't think there's a way around that. And I don't think that that's wrong. I think you need to look bigger picture at that. And then make sure in the off times that you are putting money in the bank, right? Like if you know you have a busy season coming up at work, then Mm -hmm. focus on building that connection with your kids ahead of time. And then they will be much more understanding than just, you know, there goes mommy again, off on a tear, right? Uh, I always say like, it doesn't take much to kind of um, fill your kid's bucket. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. That might be more of a teaching thing. Your son maybe would have read that. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Fill your bucket, right? Like, if you are just taking that time, even if it's in the beginning of the day where you take five quiet minutes of uninterrupted time, and that's how they start their day, that's what they're going to remember versus anything else that happens the rest of the day. If you have put that money in the bank or filled that bucket up, you know, then it's there. So I think it's just doing what you can when you can. And with balance too, like it looks different for everybody. So what I think is balanced in my life and what feels good for me is going to be different than what what feels good for you or for anybody else. And it's being comfortable with saying what that is for yourself. And for some people, that's uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable to admit maybe that you don't care if your house is clean all the time because, you you know, we're all on Instagram and we've got to show that beautiful clean house. Well, how much value is that really adding, right? I, I see all the time women, that's one of the first things they say, I need time to clean my house. Well, like how clean does this house have to be for you to feel good about your life, right? Like, is that actually adding value at the end of the day or is that just stressing you out? So it's okay to say that that's maybe not important to you. And that's obviously one random little example, but there's lots of things like that where if it's just not important to you and you're just doing it because you think you should, then stop because it's not adding any value. Yeah, I I can agree on the house cleaning. (laughs) If we didn't have a babysitter coming uh, to help with my child for school, who's home from school right now, um, I'm not sure how clean our house would be. And it's still not super clean. So yeah, we do the best. I just how hate much value cleaning. does it add to spend yeah. you know, those hours a day cleaning, right? <laughs> I, don't like cleaning. I don't like sweeping. So yeah, um, you know, that's super interesting. And I like how you kind of talk about how you try to help people create more time in the day so you can create a bigger impact with your business and also with your lifestyle. I guess just to like ask a first question, how do, how can we create more time in the day that can create more of a better impact? I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, for sure. For sure. That's really something I struggle with big time, but I love to hear your feedback on that. Absolutely. This is one of the things I love to do with people. And it all starts with, you have to decide, well, first you have to decide how do you want your life to feel? And then from there, you have to be very clear about, well, what are your core values? And anybody who has their own business will be probably very clear on their business values because that's such a a starting point Mm -hmm. for any business, right? You come back to those anytime you have to make a decision. But do you have those for yourself personally to use when you're making decisions? 
And a lot of people have a general idea, you know, they value honesty or hard work or something like that. But when you take the time to really narrow in on what your core values are, it makes it really easy to decide well, what gets to stay in your schedule and what has to go. Hmm. Uh, so that's one of the big things. And the other big thing that I work with women on a lot is setting boundaries because um, it's tough for anybody, I think, not to be stereotypical, but women struggle with it a bit more too. And nobody wants to say no, because that's not nice, but the respect comes and the respect is earned when you do set those boundaries for yourself. And if you don't set them for yourself, then someone else is going to come in and they're going to override that with their own with their own expectations, with their own priorities, with their own agenda. No, no one's going to step back and, and double check your boundaries for you. You have to be the one enforcing those. Uh, and a good example is, uh, especially in business, if you're emailing with someone who you know responds at any time of the night or any time on the weekend, when are you going to send them an email? Anytime, right? You know yeah. it's, a, it's a free for all. Versus we know those people who... I'm not going to bother to email them till Monday because I know they won't respond to me on the weekend. Right. And that's nothing was spoken there, but you just, you know, you, you see how people are setting boundaries and you adjust your behavior according to that. So as an individual, then you have to be the one who's able to set those boundaries that protect your own time because no one else will. And there are ways to do that where it's not rude. It's not, you know, you're not going to lose anything from it. If anything, you always end up gaining respect because People respect boundaries. And I mean, look at your children. Children respect boundaries. Everybody does better with boundaries and relationships have clear parameters when there are boundaries. And that helps those relationships to function properly and fluidly without having those disagreements. Um, And it's the same thing when you're doing business and you're in the middle of a business relationship with someone. Those boundaries and parameters are there for a reason to protect everyone. So if you want to protect your time, that's um, those are the two things that I always start with with people. Uh, a third would be communication skills. Sometimes we think other people should kind of anticipate our needs, but we're not great at even articulating those to ourselves. So being able to communicate exactly what you need and when you need it uh, kind of goes hand in hand with boundaries then. And how do you think, because boundaries, again, are something that I absolutely struggle with now. I struggled with with my first business. And when I had, you know, when I worked for someone else before that, I did a, I worked for in the education industry for five years at a company where I traveled overseas. So I would come home from like an international, this was before kids, but still I would like come home from international trip, you know, Indonesia or Korea, you know, be gone for two weeks and I would come home basically shower. And then I would like start working in my reports and everything like no downtime, no boundaries. I would answer emails at two o'clock in the morning from people overseas. So boundaries is something for me personally that, you know, I have always struggled with. And I think part of it is that, you know, I love to work. And I think a lot of other people, especially female entrepreneurs, like we we're trying to build our place and we're, you know, we love working how do you, like, it seems easy. Okay. Stop work at 5 PM and spend time with your children. That sounds really easy when you say it, but when it comes to actually implementing that and sticking to it, how, like how, how, (laughs) no, that's a great question. And I love the example too, of what it was like before kids, because (laughs) 
because it's it's not a problem until it's creating a problem, right? Like when before you had kids, you probably could live that lifestyle and you were fine, right? Or you had freedom with your time where you could arrange it and do all those things. It's so it's only a problem when it becomes a problem. Like if you truly enjoy it and it's not taking away from any other aspect of your life, it's not compromising your health because you're not sleeping and you're not exercising and you're not eating well if it's truly not affecting anything negatively, then that's totally fine. If you choose to work, you know, in the middle of the night or not, that's no, no problem. Right. And again, you have to do what works for you. So just because yeah. we've decided, you know, these are nighttime hours and these are daytime hours, that's fine. You can decide for yourself what your hours are. Uh, but what, what the issue is then is when you're seeing it affect the rest of your life and you're seeing problems in the rest of your life. So if doing that then means that you are you're not able to have time to exercise in your day or you're not eating properly or you're not getting enough sleep or you feel a strain in your relationship with your partner or your child then that's time to set some boundaries and protect your time because then it means mm-hmm. it's affecting the other things that are important to you and obviously your business is important to you but but not at a cost to those other aspects of your life, not at a cost to your relationships. Usually, again, it's different for everybody, but for most people, mm-hmm. that's that's valued there. So it really comes down to those things. And is it creating a problem in your life? Mm-hmm. And if there's the problem there, then you're going to be motivated to fix it. And then setting those boundaries isn't going to feel so scary. Whereas if it's really not creating a problem and you're just kind of thinking, well, I should stop work at five o'clock because that's when everybody else stops work. You're not going to be as intrinsically motivated to do that because it's just kind of an arbitrary cutoff. So again, I think it looks different for everybody, but it's when it's creating a problem in your life because, you know, maybe for now, some people they're in a busy season and they can get by, but eventually all those negative health behaviors are going to catch up to you and you're not going to be able to make that impact in your business because you are going to be burnt out and unhealthy and sick and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say start and look for the problem first. If it's creating a problem, then that's when you need to set the boundaries. Okay. And any tips on like actually setting the boundary and sticking to it? And like, what are common boundaries that, that you would suggest to people? For sure. I think um, business-wise, a really good one is just when you're asked to take on that next project, right? When your portfolio is full and you're asked to take on another project and you know that if you take on that project, the quality of your work for everything in your portfolio is going to decline. So that's a time then when it's not going to benefit you. You want to be a team player. You want to take it on. You want to say yes. You want to show you're keen. But if you're not able to actually do that to the best of your ability and produce something that's high quality, you're not going to be proving yourself in the way that you want to be proving yourself, right? So therein lies the motivation. The motivation is that you want to do it well. You want to be noticed as the person who does something well, not noticed as the person who always just says yes to everything. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have that motivation, you know, and, and again, it aligns with your values. My value is that I am someone who does something well that makes an impact then it makes it easier to say no. And then I always suggest like, it doesn't have to be a harsh no. I mean, no is a full sentence. You could just say that, but mm-hmm. I would say something along the lines of, you know, I'm really flattered that you thought of me to take on this project. Unfortunately, right now, I know I can't give it the time it deserves, but I wish you all the best in finding the person that can give it the attention it needs. So you're acknowledging that you you would love to do it. You're flattered that they thought of you, but you are, you just can't give it 
the attention that it needs right now. And then again, you're showing that you have your priorities are in line, you're showing them, you know, that that creates respect, because they can see that you've really thought about it, and you want to give it your best. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that's, yeah, I think that's one thing definitely as entrepreneurs, we struggle with saying the word no, I know, again, I keep using myself as an example, because all this stuff resonates with me really well. But I do think um, we just have a hard time saying no, because we want to, you know, increase revenue, increase our customers and you know, for product businesses, sell more products, um, acquire more customers. So I think the word no is something that is challenging for a lot of people. Not everyone. I think you're right. Everyone is different. Um, I know for me saying no is not easy. And I've just now started to be able to be okay with saying no to people like, no, I can't, I can't take you on as a client now, but I can take you on in, you know, three months or two months or something. So like booking out. Cause I know that, you know, I just can't do it right now. So I think for me, that's at least step one. Cause I would have never said no before I would have been like, yeah, sure. Okay. Here, here's a contract. <laughs> I know. it's so good. Um, And that, what, that's a, those are great examples too. Cause I mean, when you're looking and I'm a new business too, so I 100% relate to this, but like when you're looking to get those new clients and if you take on too many and then you provide them with a poor customer um, customer journey or poor client experience, mm-hmm. then what's that saying, right? What's your reputation then going to be mm-hmm. having the big numbers? Does it mean as much as having the impact with each customer? And I know, Carrie, you talk about your super fans all the time, right? You can't create those super fans if you don't give them the quality experience. So yeah. it's, it's again, thinking of the impact that way, or um, if you take on more clients yourself, And I always have to think of this for myself too. Like it's not going to do me any good to take on lots of clients and not be able to get them the results they want. That's not going to work for them. And that's not going to work for me in my business. So it's again, looking at those outcomes and the impact you want to make. And when you're able to kind of shift your perspective that way a little bit, then I think it becomes much easier to say no, because you're not saying no out of worrying that you're going to lose something. You're saying no because you're protecting what you do have. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's something we all need to always remember. And um, I don't know. I think this stuff is super interesting because I think it, there are things that we know probably that we should be doing. But then when it comes to actually doing them, sticking with the boundaries, like time management, I think it's always hard to actually implement them, you know? Um, and then I just have a question. So in terms of um, like taking care of your well-being, you know, obviously that's really important for entrepreneurs. Where do you recommend someone can kind of get started with that? Yeah, that's a great question because for entrepreneurs, it's always go as hard as you can and give it a hundred percent. And a lot of the times you kind of feel like you don't have a choice for that, but Mm-hmm. Um, every human being has their limits, right? And eventually you're going to reach that stage of burnout. And you, you know, anybody who has exercised regularly knows the benefits, not only just to their physical health, but their mental health when they exercise. So I think as soon as you can create a bit of a habit that way, um, and I like to start with exercise, just maybe that's my own personal bias, but I find that that's where I see the biggest impact. And once you start that habit and you start to recognize your behaviors and your moods on the day when you do exercise versus the days when you don't, Mm -hmm. and you can see how much more alert you are, how much better problem solving you are, how much more creative you are, 
mm-hmm. on the days when you even just take 20 minutes to do a workout. Um, I know Carrie, you and I both love to get on the Peloton and do that. And I find I, I get off of that bike feeling so inspired all the time. It's amazing. So it's just finding something that works for you. And um, again, I might be biased with the exercise piece, but I really think that if you take the time to find something that A, you enjoy and B, works for your life. And I think that's part of the appeal of the Peloton is it's so easy just to jump on for 20 minutes. It's in your home. You know, you don't feel like you're sacrificing a lot out of your work day. And then you get to reap the benefits of even just that short 20 minute ride. Um, mm-hmm. This is in no way sponsored by Peloton. <laughs> I just know that Carrie and I both love it. Um, I, w- I wish it was. Maybe they'll sponsor you, Carrie. <laughs> the best be investment. Sponsor. Best investment ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think starting with the exercise is a great one. Sleep is really important and sleep is one for new entrepreneurs that is often pushed to the wayside. Um, and again, I think like you're going to be in seasons where it's a little rough sometimes. And I know even for myself right now, I'm in a season where I'm not getting quite as much sleep as I should, but uh, you need to make sure that that is just a season that there are limits to that, that you're setting. Um, and the limit is not just that you literally cannot go on anymore. <laughs> you have to be in control of those limits. Uh, so sleep is a big one that way. And then obviously your nutrition is big as well. Um, again, not to stereotype, but the entrepreneurs with the seven big mugs of coffee a day just to keep going, <laughs> that might catch up to you eventually. It, it might, and they're all tied together. So, you know, get a little bit more sleep and a little more exercise and maybe you won't need the coffee quite as much. I feel like I'm being judged right now. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. You, you've, got, you've got the Peloton going. You like coffee, but in in good amount, you're good. I'm joking, I'm joking. But I do always, I feel like on half the times I do any sort of video or I'm on any kind of mastermind calls or anything, I'm always having, I always have a nice (laughs) coffee. And I do get almost a nice coffee every morning um, and have like one or two before I get my day started. So anyway, um, I have one question because this is something that I really implemented into my schedule last year. So this was before COVID. So maybe it was maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, I started waking up really, really early. So I started waking up at like 5 a.m. ish just to have some, I was finding that I was going to sleep a bit late and I'd wake up late. And then like, I would wake up the same time my son woke up and then he would have to get ready for his daycare, his school. And I felt very, the morning stressed me out. And normally I love mornings. I'm a morning person. I wake up in the morning and that's when I'm really ready to start my day. Like I love working first thing in the morning. That's probably a very bad habit, but I do. Um, It's when my brain is the most energized and I get really good ideas. Um, But when I started waking up early before he woke up and I had time for myself, so I had coffee, um, I would either do some work that I needed to get done, maybe not um, for my business, but maybe it was something else like journaling or not, not journaling, like self-care or mindset journaling, just like writing. No, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but anyway, (laughs) I would just do some stuff, whatever I had to do for my own life or for my business that um, I didn't maybe want to do during the day. And I found that by waking up really early, it set my day on such an amazing, amazing note. I'd also, you know, exercise or take the dogs for a walk. Um, and then when COVID hit, I suddenly my son was home all day and I had to still figure out how to work and have him home. So I started waking up at 4am or even earlier some days. And again, like, I love that. 
<laughs> I'm one of those w- weird people who loves waking up super early and just having alone time and quiet time and, you know, time to have coffee and do some work or whatever I want to do. Sometimes I read a little bit in the morning. Um, how do you, what do you feel about waking up early? I don't know. And I know for like a new mom, you know, for, well, you're not a new mom, but you have a, a little baby that's not really feasible, but let's say someone doesn't have someone doesn't have a young child and they can just wake up whenever. What are your thoughts on waking up early? I know there's lots of books on this. I think it's called 5am club and I haven't read it, but anyway, what are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I've always been the same. Like before kids, um, we'd always be up at like five in the morning. So then I can, you know, we'd walk the dog for an hour and work out and have time to just do whatever and, you know, like get dressed and ready for your day in peace, which I don't have Mm -hmm. now and be out the door for work and feel like you've done all these things. Like I would, um, I would have a Fitbit on and I would get my 10,000 steps before I even got to work. Right. Because I was able to get all that in, in the morning and I loved it. And yes, by comparison now, so my youngest will wake up now at 5am and, um, so he's up, he's the first one up and I'm not, I like waking up early, but I'm not willing to wake up at 4am, especially now when I'm going to bed a bit later because my work time is after he goes to bed. Uh, so I am protecting those hours of sleep. So uh, I do notice the difference now, like when, when your first thing that happens in the morning, when you wake up is someone needs you for something versus you getting to choose how you're starting your morning, mm-hmm. it does have a huge impact that way. Um, and I do, find, I do find like, I, I'm very excited for the day when I can go back to that and get up before <laughs> my kids and get some stuff done. So I love it. I absolutely love it. And I don't think like, um, you were saying how it maybe it's bad to get up early and start working. I don't think so because I think knowing when you work best and capitalizing on that is actually a really good skill to have. And yep. if you know that you work best in the morning, well, yeah, get up, get to it, get your work done when you are feeling creative and productive and, and that kind of thing. And that's actually an effective time management strategy then because you will be able to get what you have to get done in a much shorter period of time. If you're working at a time when you are, alert and focused versus if you did try to push it to the end of the day and you're tired and then it takes you twice as long. Right. So yeah. um, Yeah. I absolutely love getting up early. And actually the flip side of that is you like research and science has shown that you get your better quality sleep before 12 AM anyways. So the earlier you can go to bed and get that quality of sleep in um, and then wake up early, it's actually better for you to do it that way. So there's really not a downside to waking up early as long as you're still getting those, you know, ideally seven or eight hours of sleep in. I know that's not realistic for everybody, but if you yeah. shoot for that, um, and then yeah, if you go to bed at nine o'clock and you get those three solid hours in before 12 a.m., like those, mm-hmm. that's where the value really is. So mm-hmm. I personally see no negatives to getting up early and getting going. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm always, I was always curious about that. Cause I, I feel like that kind of changed my life when I started waking up intentionally really early so I could have my alone time. And I don't know, I do really think it, it sets the day on a much positive note than when I used to wake up with my child. And it was just like, you feel irritated when you first wake up and when your little kid is like nagging on you or whatever. So <laughs> I know yeah. I'm a morning person too, but I do not want to be uh, demanded of the second I wake up. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good way, not a good way to start the day. (laughs) And then in terms of, you know, we're talking about time, um, how do we really create more time in our day? Do you have any strategies or like a, a, any kind of like a step-by-step tip on how we can really, um, 
create more time because we, you know, are always trying to do all these things. And especially with COVID, I mean, that's kind of a whole converse, different conversation, but um, I think people now have less time than they did before, just with kids being home and just all the other, unless you don't have kids and you don't have a product, you know, if you're a service-based business, you probably gained a lot of time because, you know, <laughs> you don't have to commute to work, but um, yeah, for anyone just that has restrictions, how do we make more time in the day? That's a great question. And we've touched on a few little things there along the way. So I'll try to kind of recap that as well, because the number one thing when you ask women, like, well, what, what barrier stands in your way of life feeling how you want it to feel is like, they need more time. Right. And yeah. And I mean, we're only ever going to have 24 hours in a day. That's not going to change. So we have to look at then how can you be more effective with the time that you do have? Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing then is you can't say yes to everything, right? We're going back to those boundaries again. If you are saying yes to everything and just allowing all those things into your day, then of course you're going to feel like you have no time and you're going to feel like you're not in control of your own time then either. So the biggest thing that I recommend for people, um, like forget the idea of that giant to-do list, think of it instead as a brain dump, dump everything in there, get it out of your head, put it on the page, and then really look at it critically and circle, okay, today, what are the three things I'm going to get done? And cap it at three. There, are, There's going to be three things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. The rest is just a bonus if you get to it. Because a lot of times, you know, we start picking away at those little things because they're easy and we're kind of dopamine junkies when we can cross it off our to-do list, right? What can we cross off fastest? But those little things are not the things that are making an impact. So if you actually want to get to the end of your day and feel like you have made an impact and to feel like you have accomplished something, you have to start with those big things. So set yourself a limit of three. Some days that might be one or two. Some days it's three. Those are the things you have to get done. Focus on those. Let the rest fall to the wayside. And then it's not looking at this big list like a failure, like, oh my gosh, I've only gotten a couple things done off this big list. You've been very intentional. I'm only setting out to do three things. So if I get three things done, that's a huge win. If I have extra time at the end of the day to do more, awesome, bonus. But you have to kind of come in with to it with those realistic expectations. Yeah. Um, and then the other uh, way to create more time in your day too is to make sure that you are like you need a team, right? And we see this often with moms and especially moms who are running their own business. We always think that like, like it attracts a certain kind of person, the person who likes to be in control. And we always kind of think like, oh, no one else could do it as well as I can. So I have to do it all all the time, right? If I want something done, right? I've got to do it myself. But you have to get past that mentality and you have to build your team and you have to be able to you know, outsource the things that you just can't do. And sometimes that's even as simple as outsourcing to your husband, right? We hear all the time, well, my husband doesn't do anything. Okay. Clearly communicate to him what he must do or, or just stop doing it and let him pick up the slack, right? Like there, there are ways to get the people in your life on board. Uh, the way to do it is not to be that cranky, frazzled, burnt out woman, like screaming at people to do stuff because you're super stressed. That doesn't motivate people to help you. And that's where we end up. So we've got to be proactive. We've got to build those relationships with people. We've got to like get on the same page where we can all see the greater goal that we're working towards. And whether that is in your own home, whether that is hiring out a team to like do your laundry or clean your house or set up your systems for your business, that kind of thing. 
find the things that you don't enjoy doing that fits in your budget to hire out and hire them out. Get past the shame of I should be able to do everything. No, you shouldn't. You should not. And good leaders know when to delegate. You know, to lead in your business, you have to be able to do that. And it's the same in every other aspect of your life. So for for women especially, but for anybody, you, you can't do it all. So start building your team. That's such a good point. I love that. And you mentioned the word systems. And I want to kind of come back to that because I think that's such a very important word just for both business and personal. So how do you go about setting up and I love the word, I love habit. I, I'm very interested in, in habits because I think they are such a game changer. But how do you implement like habits and systems and structure in your personal life? I think with business, I think there's some, I feel like it can seem straightforward, like, okay, I'm going to do these things on these days or, you know, time batch. But what about in your personal life? I feel like that's a little more challenging. Yeah, great question. And I mean, there's so much to this. I'll try to give um, like a summary statement a little bit on that. But it's the, it's the same. Um, it's the same as in your business where a, the, the biggest sucks on your time or the drains on your time sometimes are the decisions you're making, right? Should I or should I not do this? And then you're preoccupied and you're thinking of that. And you're making those decisions. And the decision fatigue is a real thing. So the more that you can just automate something, right, and just become the kind of person who does it. So if you want to start working out for 20 minutes a day to protect your health and well-being so you can show up for your business, then you just decide I'm the kind of person who works out. Like if you're really attached to the identity of that entrepreneur who is just surviving on fumes and coffee, like some people really identify with that and they like that identity. There's something somewhat glamorous in that identity it's going to be really hard to change. So you have to start with the identity piece first and decide, nope, I'm not the kind of entrepreneur who is surviving only on coffee. I'm the kind of entrepreneur who is proactive and I'm taking care of my health. So I'm the kind of person who works out 20 minutes a day and then we're automating that. So maybe it means as soon as you get up in the morning, you put on your workout clothes and not your work clothes. So you only have one place to go and you just do it and you do it the same time, same place every day. And part of building habits is starting really small. So the the experts say to start with something that you could do in one minute. So not the entire workout, but maybe the habit is just to get into those gym clothes every morning. And then you can build from there and you can kind of stack habits one on the other. So as soon as you have a habit, you know, like everybody brushes their teeth every night. We don't usually forget that, right? If you need to remember to take uh, a new medicine, put it with your toothbrush, you'll be so much more likely to remember that or put it with your morning coffee, you'll be so much more likely to remember it because you already have the habit built in you're just stacking another layer on top. Versus if you just decide, okay, I'm taking this thing at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to leave it uh, over there by my couch, you're, you're going to forget. Yeah, so it's, it's being really intentional with how you're doing those things. And the more you can do them, the more frequently you do them, the easier it is for them to catch on. So if you just start out with doing something once a week, it's not going to actually be as effective as if you're doing it every day. So jumping right into maybe an hour of exercise every day is not going to work for people. But if we start small with like 10, 20 minutes, whatever it is that you have and and build that routine in, then that's going to last much longer. Uh, And I just think that you have those. Yeah, like it's, 
it's not rocket science. It's sometimes harder just to get started. And again, I really think it's that identity piece that holds us back so much. Like we get attached to the idea of like the martyr of a mother who gives up everything for everyone. We get attached to the idea of the entrepreneur who, you know, is giving every hour of their day to this dream. We get really, really attached to those identities and then they end up holding us back. So it's, it's deciding what kind of person you're going to be and making that decision for yourself and what works for you and not what works for everyone else or not what appears to work for someone on Instagram. Uh, you always have to start with what's actually going to work with your own life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I just make it, I made a note to, to in the show notes to, to make, to talk about identity changing. Cause I think that's not something that we would think could be actually the core you know, backside of how we can change habits and and build structure. So I think that's interesting. Um, And then I just have one more question. Um, What are your favorite, like self care or mindset products? So in terms of like, what stuff do you buy to help with mindset, self care, um, any of the things, whether it's for you or you recommend for clients, I always love that type of product. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have like self-care boxes and, you know, I don't know. So I'm just curious what stuff you like or what you recommend. That's an excellent question. I'm going to have to give it a little (laughs) bit of thought. Um, For me, especially for the mindset stuff, it's always books. Like I love books. New Mm -hmm. books are showing up all the time. Um, That's a big thing that way in terms of self-care. What I've realized more recently, I've never been like a bath person, but what I've realized the benefit of it is, is that you're totally immobilized. Like if you don't bring your phone with you and you're in there, you're stuck. You can't check your emails. You can't just jump up and do something, right? So I'm I'm seeing why people love it because it kind of forces those of us who don't love to relax and take a break to actually do that. So um, lately I have been into doing that. Um, and, uh, I'll throw on a face mask or something like that at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, something that kind of immobilizes me a little bit, like just kind of, you know, forces me. It's a, it's a visual reminder that like, Hey, you're supposed to be relaxing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of thing. Um, and then for me, anything, anything, uh, exercise related to, which is it's hard mm-hmm. to think of a specific product for that maybe, but, um, anything that forces well, the Pel- Peloton, that's a product. Yes, that's, that's true. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the name brands on anything else that I have, but, uh, you know, I don't do yeah. a lot of like self-care stuff either. I do face masks. I'm not a bath person, although I like your point about how it, like I actually never understand why people take a bath. It's yeah, I never got it. <laughs> I can't understand that. Okay. It does force you to just sit and, and maybe do nothing, which is good for your mind. It's good for your body. So I think that is good. What, what's, what are some of the books that you like? I know you were talking about, um, I think it was mindset or I think you were saying you, you have a lot of mindset books. you like, what's like your favorite one? If you can choose one. Oh, that's tricky to choose one. Maybe I'll have to do a couple. I love atomic habits by James clear. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's, it's a really, he presents the information very clearly. Like for anybody, it's very accessible. If you want to start and create habits, that's a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Essentialism by Greg McCown is really good about getting clear on, you know, what gets to stay, what has to go. Uh, and then I recently read The Joy of Missing Out by Tanya Dalton. And um, I just, everything she said, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like this is exactly what I'm trying to do in my business. It was just very aligned that way. So I loved that one as well. 
I'm just writing those down. I bought Atomic Habits for my husband last year. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he read it. And it's one of those books that's been sitting around that I'm like, oh, I need to read that. Um, but I do think it's a good, it sounds like a good book. And I think habits are something that um, they're just super important for self-care. So yeah, it's just kind of like a little life hack, right? Like if you can automate something and make it easier for yourself, then why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, this was amazing. Um, so much good information. I am excited to kind of go through this, you know, what I don't actually listen to any of my episodes, but I think I'll <laughs> listen to this one because I think you've given so many good tips that I know I need to really start <laughs> implementing. So um, I, I know everyone that's listening and, you know, the amazing um, female entrepreneurs that we work with and, um, you know, that we have in the network or, you know, social media, Facebook groups. Um, I don't know. These are things that anyone can implement for their, for their life and for their business. So um, I think it, it's amazing, but thank you so much, Lindsay. It was amazing to have you here and um, you're just amazing. If you have any, could you tell us if you have any, um, where people can find you, if you have any freebies, courses, I, I know you mentioned a service you have, maybe you could uh, remind us what your service is and where people can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for having me, Carrie. This has been incredible. <laughs> uh, you can find me. I'm at Life Changing Lens on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out the most. Or you can find me at www.lifechangingwins.com. Uh, on my website, you will have access to a freebie. Um, and then if you join my mailing list as well, there's access to another one there that you'll get sent right to your inbox. And uh, right now, the big thing that I'm working on is I have a three month coaching service called Life of Excellence. That is helping women who are balancing motherhood and career to do that, to define what excellence looks like for them, to push that little bit further, um, to see what they're made of, to see if we really can get past all those expectations and create that life that we set out to create. So that is available there as well. Um, basically, if you go to my website or my Instagram, you'll have access to anything that you need. Awesome. Well, that's amazing. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much. Thanks, Gary. So if you are a product-based business, you have a Shopify store and a subscription box on CrateJoy, you have an Etsy store and you want to learn how to get more sales, more customers, come up with a strategy for your business, I would love to work with you. So if you're looking to grow your business and you want to know how you can work with me, I would love to invite you to apply for my product business marketing accelerator group coaching program. This is my 12-week group coaching program created to help product-based businesses increase their shop sales um, immediately using three foundational marketing channels that help you get fast results like tomorrow. Those channels are Instagram, email marketing, and working with influencers. So three things that you need to master in order to grow your business. And these are three channels that will actually get you fast results. They don't take a long time to actually be effective if you do it the right way. So you can find more details in the show notes, or you can head over to kerryfitzgerald.com slash group coaching program for more information. And then lastly, if you liked this episode, please leave me a review on Apple podcast. Uh, the first part is I love getting reviews. They make me super happy. I do about 25 happy dances and I love knowing what you liked about the episode. So if you love this episode, you learned something from Lindsay. She's amazing. Leave a review. Tell us what you learned. Tell us what surprised you. Tell us what self-care you're going to be doing for your business um, and yourself. So, um, and then to enter to win a 60-minute strategy session with me, all you have to do is, again, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
before you post the review, take a screenshot and then post that on your Instagram stories and just tag me at the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. And you automatically enter to win a 60-minute marketing strategy session with me. So thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate each and every one of you for taking your time, for listening, for downloading. I love creating this content for you. If you have any questions, if you have suggestions on something that you want me to talk about, send me a DM, send me a message on Instagram, send me an email, however you want to contact me. Um, send me a message. I love hearing what you want to know more about. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.